Part Three, Chapter Two of Quo Vadis, A Tale of the Time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part Three, Chapter Two. Vinicius had been taken to the house of Macrinus, a weaver, who washed him and supplied him with food and clothing. The young tribune soon felt his strength returning. He determined to set out that very night on a further search for Linus. Macrinus, who was a Christian, corroborated Chilo's statement that Linus had gone with the high priest Clement to Ostranium. Here the apostle Peter was to baptize a number of converts. It was known to Christians in that section of the city that two days previous Linus had entrusted the care of his house to a man called Gaius. To Vinicius this was an assurance that neither Lygia nor Ursus had remained in the house, but had also gone to Ostranium. His mind was much relieved. As Linus was an old man, too old to walk every day from the Trans-Tiber to the far-off Nomentan gate and back again, it was almost certain that he had lodged for the past few days with one or more of the Christians encamped outside the walls. Lygia and Ursus must have been with him. Hence they had escaped the fire, which had scarcely touched the other slope of the Esquiline. In all this Vinicius saw a special dispensation of Christ, who had watched over him. Love stronger than ever filled his heart. He vowed that he would repay those marks of favor by the devotion of his whole life. But all the more anxious did he become to reach Ostranium to find Lygia, to find Linus and Peter. He would take them away with him to some of his estates, if necessary, to Sicily. Rome is burning. A few days more and it would be a heap of ashes. Why should he stay in the midst of such disaster and among a frenzied rabble? On his estates were troops of willing slaves adequate for protection. His friends would be surrounded by the quiet of the country and live in peace under Christ's wing and the blessing of Peter, if he could only find them. But that was no easy task. Vinicius recalled the difficulty with which he had journeyed from the Appian Way to the Trans-Tiber, the time wasted in circling around to reach the Via Portuensis. He decided that this time he would go around the city in the opposite direction. Through the triumphal way it was possible to reach the Emilian Bridge by going along the river, then passing the Panician Hill, along the Campus Maritus, and by the gardens of Pompey, Lucullus, and Sallust, and finally pushing forward to the Via Nomentana. But although this was the shortest route, both Macrinus and Chilo advised him not to take it. True, the fire had not reached that part of the city, but it was more than likely that all the market squares and the streets would be blockaded by people and furniture. Chilo counseled him to go through the Agar Vaticanus, to the Flaminian Gate, cross the river at that point, and push on outside the walls beyond the gardens of Asilius to the Solarian Gate. Vinicius, after some thought, accepted the advice. Macrinus had to remain behind to look after his house. He procured two mules, one of which might pass to Lygia in case she was found. He would have added a slave, but Vinicius demurred, as he expected that the first detachment of Praetorians whom he met on the way would pass under his command. Chilo and the young tribune set out through the Pagus Janiculensis to the triumphal way. There, too, were encampments of all sorts in the open places. They found the less difficulty in pushing through them, that most of the inhabitants had now fled through the Via Portuensis in the direction of the sea. 
beyond the gate of septimus they rode between the river and the magnificent gardens of domitia whose huge cypresses were reddened by the glow of the fire as by a sunset the road became freer here and there they found nothing to impede their progress save the cityward flow of eager rustics vinitius urged his mule onward chilo following in the rear kept muttering to himself so we have left the fire behind but it is burning our shoulders never was seen so great a light upon this road after nightfall o zeus unless thou sendest a rainstorm to quench that fire thou hast no love for rome the power of man will not suffice and such a city a city before which greece and the whole world bowed submission and now the first greek who happens along may roast his beans in its ash who would have ever expected this there will be no more rome nor roman patricians when its ashes grow cold whoso wills may walk over them and whistle over them and whistle without danger ye gods to think of whistling over a city that ruled the world no greek nor barbarian would have dared to hope for this yet now they may whistle for ashes whether those of a herdsman's fire or of a burned city are only ashes to be blown away by the wind as it listeth he turned round and gazed at the waste of flames a malicious joy was in his eyes tis perishing he cried tis perishing off the face of the earth whither will the world now send its grain its olive oil its money what tyrant will squeeze gold and tears out of it fire cannot consume marble but it crumbles it into dust the capital will be ruins the palatine will be ruins oh zeus rome was a shepherd and the other nations were the sheep if the shepherd were hungry he slew a sheep ate the flesh and offered the skin to thee o father of the gods who o cloud compeller will now do the slaying into whose hands wilt thou place the shepherd's crook rome is burning even as though thou hadst struck it with a thunderbolt make haste cried vinitius why loiterest thou master i am weeping over rome the city of jupiter they rode on in silence the roaring flames were behind them the whirring of birds wings around them doves from their multitudinous nests in the villas and the small towns of the campania seabirds from the shore field birds from the interior evidently mistaking the glare of the fire for sunlight were flying in flocks to the scene of the conflagration vinitius was the first to break the silence where wert thou when the fire broke out master i was on my way to my friend eurysius a shopkeeper near the circus maximus i was pondering over the teachings of christ when the cry of fire arose crowds flocked to the circus some for rescue some through curiosity but when the flames surrounded the circus itself and broke out in other places each had to look out for himself and didst thou see people throwing torches into houses what have i not seen o grandson of aeneas i saw people fighting their way through the crowds with drawn swords i have seen pitched battles i have seen the entrails of men and women scattered on the pavement thou wouldst have thought the barbarians had captured the city and were putting it to the sword people cried out that the end of the world had come some lost their heads and forgetting to flee waited stupidly for the flames to devour them some were bewildered 
bewildered some howled in very despair some again howled for joy master there be wicked folk who know not the true worth of your beneficent rule nor of those just laws whereby ye are enabled to take from others and give to yourselves these folk cannot submit to the will of god vinitius preoccupied with his own thoughts did not notice the irony in chilo's words a shudder ran through him at the thought that lygia might be in the midst of that weltering chaos in those terrible streets whose pavements reeked with human entrails though ten times at least he had asked of chilo all he knew he once more turned to him didst thou see them with thine own eyes in ostranium verily i did o son of venus i saw the maiden the worthy lygian the saintly linus and apostle peter before the fire broke out before the fire broke out o mithra vinitius could not suppress a doubt that the old man was lying reining in his mule he asked with threatening brow what wert thou doing there the question embarrassed chilo like many others he had thought that the destruction of rome meant the destruction of the roman empire but face to face with vinitius at that moment he remembered that the young tribune had forbidden him under pain of some terrible penalty to watch the christians and especially linus and lygia master he replied wherefore wilt thou not believe that i love thee i was in ostranium because i am already half a christian pyrrho hath taught me esteem for virtue rather than for philosophy more and more do i cleave to godly people and i am poor many a time o jove when thou wert at antium i have starved over my studies therefore i sat on the walls of ostranium for the christians poor though they be distribute more alms than the rest of the romans vinitius was softened by this plausible answer knowest thou not he asked in a milder tone where linus dwelleth at present once thou didst punish me severely for curiosity vinitius rode on in silence master said chilo after a period but for me thou wouldst never have found the maiden and now if again we find her thou wilt not forget the needy philosopher i will give thee a house with a vineyard at ameriola i will thank thee o hercules with a vineyard i thank thee yea verily a house with a vineyard they had now reached the vatican hill gleaming ruddy red from the fire gaining the naumachia they turned to the right so that they might pass the vatican field to the river and crossing that reached the flaminian gate suddenly chilo reined in his mule master he said i have an idea speak commanded vinitius midway between the janiculum and the vatican just beyond agrippina's gardens are quarries whence were taken stones and sand to build the circus of nero hearken master the jews who as thou knowest abound in the trans tiber have begun cruel persecutions of the christians thou rememberest in the time of the godlike claudius there were disturbances which forced caesar to banish the jews from rome but now that they have returned and feel safe under 
the protection of the augusta they have waxed bolder in their attacks upon the christians i know this i myself have witnessed it true no edict has been issued against the christians but the jews defame them to the prefect of the city accusing them of murdering infants of worshipping an ass of preaching a religion not approved by the senate likewise they waylay them or attack them in their houses of prayer with such ferocity that the christians are obliged to hide away well what art thou coming to master to this though the synagogues stand openly in the trans tiber the christians fleeing from persecution can pray only in secret and assemble in deserted sheds outside the walls or in sand pits the christians of the trans tiber chose the quarry where excavations were made for the building of the circus and various houses along the river front now while rome is burning doubtless the christians are praying we shall find a multitude of them in the quarry let us go thither along the road but was vinitius's impatient retort thou hast told me that linus went to ostranium thou hast promised me a house with a vineyard in Ameriola. therefore would i seek the maiden wheresoever there is a chance of finding her who knows if they did not return to the trans tiber after the fire they may have gone around the city even as we are doing linus has a house perchance he wished to approach it in order to learn whether the fire had reached that portion of the city if they have returned i swear to thee by persephone that they are now engaged in prayer at the quarry if not we shall obtain tidings of them thou art right lead on said the tribune without a moment's hesitation chilo turned to the left towards the hill as they passed it they lost sight of burning rome all the neighboring heights were lit up with the glow they themselves were in the shade passing the circus they still kept to the left at last they came in sight of a dark passage through that darkness vinitius beheld the gleam of many lanterns here they are said chilo there will be more to-day than ever for their other houses of prayer are either burned down or filled with smoke as is every house in the trans tiber hark said vinitius i hear singing and in fact voices were wafted to them from the dark opening into that opening lanterns disappeared one after the other but from all sides new lantern-bearers appeared in a short time vinitius and chilo found themselves part of a multitude all streaming toward the opening chilo leaped from his mule and beckoned to a youth i am a priest and a bishop he said hold our mules and thou wilt receive my blessing and the remittance of thy sins without waiting for an answer he thrust the reins into the lad's hands then with vinitius he joined the moving throngs reaching the quarry they pushed through the dark passage by the aid of their dark lanterns until they arrived at a large cave evidently formed by the recent removal of stone for the encircling walls all looked freshly cut here it was somewhat brighter than in the passage burning torches assisted the rays of lanterns and tapers and enabled vinitius to discern a kneeling congregation with uplifted hands he did not see lygia nor the apostle peter nor linus all around him were solemn and expectant faces fear was depicted on some hope on others the light glowed on the whites of their raised eyes perspiration trickled down their chalky foreheads some sang hymns others feverishly repeated the name of christ others beat their breasts all were evidently awaiting some important and imminent development 
the hymn had now ceased above the congregation in a niche made by the removal of a stone appeared vinitius's old acquaintance crispus his face pale and set as with a fanatic enthusiasm all eyes turned to him with eager expectation he began by blessing the assembly then raising his voice almost to a shout he poured out a torrent of words repent ye your sins the hour has come lo the lord hath sent down devouring flames upon babylon the city of crime and debauchery the hour of judgment has struck the hour of wrath the hour of universal calamity the lord hath promised to return soon shall ye see him he will come not as the lamb whose blood was offered up for your sins but as a terrible judge who in his justice will cast sinners and infidels into the pit woe then to the world woe to the sinners there will be no mercy for them lo i see thee christ showers of stars are falling to the earth the sun is darkened abysses yawn in the earth the dead rise from their graves but thou art moving amid the sound of trumpets and legions of angels amid thunders and lightnings i see thee i hear thee o christ here he was silent lifting up his face he seemed to espy something distant and terrible at that moment a muffled rumble was heard from underground once twice a tenth time whole streets of burning houses collapsed with a crash but the greater number of the christians took these noises as tokens that the terrible hour was at hand for a belief in the second advent of christ and the end of the world was common among them now the conflagration of the city confirmed that belief terror of god took hold of the multitude here and there voices called out lo the day of judgment is at hand some of the people covered their faces with their hands thinking that the earth was about to be shaken to its very foundation and from its fissures hellish monsters would emerge and cast themselves upon the sinners others cried aloud christ have mercy on us saviour have pity some confessed their sins aloud finally some cast themselves into one another's arms so that each might have some one near the heart in the moment of affliction but there were also some whose faces shone with joy with smiles of unearthly happiness and who showed no fear in some places were heard voices these were from people who in their religious exaltation uttered strange words in unknown tongues there was one in a deep corner who called out awake o thou that sleepest above all that commotion the voice of crispus was heard beware beware at times there was silence when all held their breath they seemed expectant of some coming event simultaneously was heard the distant thunder of falling houses the groans prayers cries and shouts were renewed o saviour have mercy then crispus lifted up his voice and cried cast away all earthly goods soon there will not be earth enough beneath your feet for standing room cast away all earthly love for god will destroy those who value above him wife or child woe to him who loves the creature more than the creator woe to the strong woe to the oppressors woe to the libertines woe to men women and children a noise now arose louder than any that had yet shaken the quarry all fell to the ground stretching out their arms crosswise as a protection against the evil spirit a hush ensued nothing was heard save heavy breathing interspersed with awed whispers of jesus 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 and now and then the crying of children 
above that dark mass arose a voice crying peace be with you twas the voice of peter the apostle who had just entered the crypt all fear passed away at that sound as passes a sudden terror from a flock of sheep at sight of the shepherd the multitude rose to their feet approaching they surrounded him as though seeking shelter under his wings he stretched his hands above them and cried why are ye disturbed in mind who amongst ye can foretell the future god hath smitten babylon with fire but forget not that the blood of the lamb hath redeemed ye and that his loving-kindness will enable ye to die with his name on your lips after the stern and stormful outburst of crispus the words of peter fell like balm upon the congregation instead of god's wrath it was god's love which he held up before them the hearers realized that it was the christ whom they had learned to love through the teachings of the apostles therefore no pitiless judge but a sweet and patient lamb whose loving-kindness a hundredfold exceeded the wickedness of man calm descended upon all hearts and a feeling of gratitude towards the apostle voices called from all sides we are thy sheep feed us those who were closest cried do not leave us in the days of our trouble they fell at his knees at this vinitius approached threw aside the edge of his cloak bent his head and said master save me i have searched for her in the flames in the smoke and among the people and i have found her nowhere but i believe that thou canst give her back to me peter laid his head upon the young man's head have faith he said and come with me End of part three chapter two